As Giants fans know, this season has been very uneven from the start. The Giants have not been able to go on a consistent run of playing well. And of course, there was big news yesterday with the Giants optioning Joey Bart. So I'm going to talk about the Giants as a whole with Sully Baseball next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, I'm going to air a conversation I just had with Sully, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, talking about the Giants as a whole. And I always think it is like helpful and refreshing to kind of hear an outsider's perspective of a team uh, because they often have a much more level-headed mindset because they're not watching each and every game. They just kind of look at the big picture. They look at the recent history. And so it is interesting to hear Sully a little bit calmer about the state of the Giants, but we get into what's gone on with them this year and the decision to option Joey Bart, which just happened at the time of the recording. So without further delay, uh, well, actually one more further delay. There's a game on Thursday during the day. So we're not going to talk about Wednesday night's game on this episode. But tomorrow on Friday, we're going to have reaction to the Giants walk-off win with Luis Gonzalez uh, on Wednesday. And then whatever happens in this series finale, Giants looking to take two out of three. It's the rubber match of this series. Whoever wins this game today wins the series. So we'll have all of that for you tomorrow. But without further delay, here is my overarching conversation with Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Yeah, before we get into one of the main things I want to talk about, let's just talk about this team in general. Obviously, last year, this team won, you know, the 107 games that uh, I think is pretty safe to say kind of sort of came out of nowhere. I mean, I thought I thought the Giants were going to be good last year. It's not like I thought they were going to be chumps. I actually thought they were going to be wildcard contenders. I did not see a 107-win team last year, and maybe that was a fluke, maybe not. But they're a winning team again. Uh, they went through a little bit of a rough path a few weeks ago, but they're back on their winning ways. They're back to being a playoff team right now. Um, they're not getting – they obviously lost a couple – they lost Gosman, uh, Posey retired, and Disqualfani is injured. Uh, they don't have the super deep pitching staff they had last year, but they still look pretty solid. What are your thoughts of the team as we're roughly at the a little past the one third mark, and they are on they're in a division with Los Angeles and San Diego, but they they look like a legit contender. Tell me your thoughts about how the team looks and feels as of this moment. As of this moment, I would say that most people, myself included, kind of view them as a team that is actually struggling. And the reason for that is they started out 13 and five. And so if you look at their record now and consider they were 13 and five to start the year, that means they're 16 and 20 in their last 36. And so it has 
not been easy. And a lot of things that went well last year just haven't been the same this year. For example, the uh, pitching and defense. I mean, what's crazy is that you often think of the Giants as a team that is just going to light up the pitching numbers and maybe struggle offensively, but it's kind of been the opposite, even though their offense has been inconsistent. So the defense has been a problem. The pitching has not been great. But at the same time, like you said, they've managed to hang in there. And at any point, they seem like they could go on a run and, and gain some separation. But as it is now, they only have a one-game lead entering today over the last playoff spot. And it's they just have not been able to go on any kind of consistent like winning streak for any kind of sustained period of time since the first couple weeks of the season. They did have one winning streak, but it was immediately... Uh, following a long losing streak. So they've been very up and down. Well, let me uh, let me flip the script for a second. That they've been this inconsistent. They, they got off to the, you mentioned the 13-5 start, and then they slumped, but then they went on a six-game winning streak where they beat St. Louis and Colorado. And they, went on, they did go on a slide against um, San Diego, slapped them around a little bit. But then they took two from the Mets, and, and with all this, what? Sorry, I was going to say, and then they immediately lost two out of three to the Reds. Yeah. So, yeah. But then they played Philadelphia at the exact right time to play Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but uh, here's one way to maybe look as this, um, this container of garlic fries is half full. And that is they've been this inconsistent and they haven't had the dynamic pitching that they've had. They've had some massive holes in their lineup, and yet they're still a playoff team. And yet still they haven't stubbed their toe. You see some of the teams where there's super high expectations for. You know, the, the Braves are on a big roll right now, and they're, they're kind of doing what they do. But there's a bunch of teams in the American League that have just stumbled their way out of the gate and that are put themselves in a position like, what's going on here? Are we even going to be a contender? So they're building from a foundation where they would be one of the wild card teams, as opposed to, oh God, what's going to happen now? This is things are things are falling apart. That's that's a great point, and I try to keep that perspective. And it it's just it's easier from afar. I think when you're like dialed in each and every day, it you always view the team a little bit differently than like I view certain teams from the outside, like the Red Sox. I wasn't all that concerned about them even though they're one of the teams you're talking about, I think if you're in Boston, there's full-blown panic going on. But Well, not since mid-May. Since mid-May, they've turned some things around, and now exactly. they are one of the playoff teams. But, yeah, but I mean, you look at – I'm very optimistic about the Red Sox because they could not have gotten off to a worse start, and here they are. We're not quite in mid-June, and they've righted the ship to the point where they are one of the playoff teams. I think – I, in some ways, you almost have to look at some of the teams that are chasing them. I think Atlanta will get the get their act together. Uh, I really do. I mean, I, they're just they're too good to be a you know to be a non contender at this point. But I'm going over to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. Um, you know, the the playoff teams right now in the uh, in the National League are the Mets, the Brewers, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, and St. Louis. So by the only team that is not listed amongst that group that I think has a realistic shot of being a playoff team is Atlanta. 
I don't think Philadelphia is going to do it. Miami, Washington, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Cincinnati, Arizona, and Colorado. Um, so you're basically saying, okay, can they be better than St. Louis? And right. I think that I think they can. I think they can. I think they can, but I think that it it probably could end up being a race. And oh, yeah. it really does seem like one of it's just going to be one team out of the ones you mentioned that's not going to make it, and that's going to be it. The rest of them will. And so somebody's going to be left out. And right now the Giants, I mean, the Braves, like you said, they're coming hard. And if the Giants lose today and the Braves win, then the Giants are out of, well, actually they'd be tied. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 St. Louis is a team that I'm looking at as a team that when all is said and done, you're probably going to have to finish ahead of because the Braves may end up finishing ahead of both of those two teams. And of course, what we had last year that really threw a monkey wrench, three things happened last year that really put everything into a bit of a tizzy is you had two of the teams that were in a position to be a playoff team in the second half of the season, San Diego and the Mets, absolutely do a nosedive. I don't see either one of those teams doing a nosedive this year. You also saw St. Louis suddenly turn into the 1927 Yankees for the last month of the season, and suddenly what looked like it was going to be an airtight race for that second wild card spot between San Diego, Cincinnati. Remember Cincinnati was a contender last year and St. Lou and possibly Philadelphia. And then, you know, St. Louis just put on the aft thrusters and, and moved past them. That always can happen, but I don't see the Mets and I don't see San Diego collapsing the way that they do. So I do think it, they, it is that, that third spot, but I think San Francisco has as good a shot as any because they haven't played their best baseball yet. Yeah, that's right. And I just think it the the kind of pessimism comes from a place of, like you said, 107 wins. And so I don't think people really wanted to be in the position where you're fighting for the last playoff spot in an expanded playoff field. Like if, right. we're, if this is any other year, we're not even we're they're out of the picture and they've they're fighting their way to try to get into it. And coming off 107 wins, I think. I mean, look, we understood you're probably going to lose like 15 more games being realistic as yeah. a good season. Like they they had such a good year. It's hard to do anything like that. But, um, you know, coming in at around 90 wins would be probably good enough to make the playoffs, but also probably a little bit of a disappointment. But, I mean, you have to – I mean, I'm sorry. And, again, uh, the Giants are my favorite team in the National League with full disclosure. My father was in May, rest in peace, was a diehard San Francisco Giant fan, so I have tremendous emotional attachment to the Giants. Last year, everything fell into place. Last year, the every ball dropped where it was supposed to. Everything just, you know, like so many – they got so many times – a ball bounced here or there. I mean, I, I'm not taking away the team, what they achieved last year, but, you know, nobody thought that was a 107-win team, and maybe there were some times where there were a fluky wind here or there. And as, and if you dropped, uh, as you said, you dropped 17 games off the pace from last year, you're still a 90-win team. Yeah. And they haven't got, I mean, the, and I can't stress this enough, they have not, they, they have received... Virtually nothing from Disclafani so far. I don't know what the situation with him is going to be. Longoria is just getting into the lineup as of recently. Um, you know, Peterson from Palo Alto has been basically carrying the offense, but and you know, with Belt injured, they could still make a move to bring in another bat, which I think would go a long way. But uh, you know what? 
things are going to fall in with this team, and I think in the end, they are going to be a surefire bet to be one of the big-time contenders for a National League playoff spot. If you're going to be making any bets, go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the Stanley Cup Finals, and Major League Baseball, of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So take our audience survey. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and thank you for your help. We're here with Ben Kaswick of Locked On San Francisco Giants. I'm sure you don't do Locked On New York Giants, do you, with uh, no. football? Okay, just one. No. Some people do both. I mean, some people are, are that talented. Um, there was a little bit of news. One of the holes that is in that are currently in the Giants lineup uh, comes from catcher. Last year, uh, they had Hall of Famer to be Buster Posey catching, and Joey Bart caught two more games than I did. And this year, the car keys were handed over to Joey Bart as Buster Posey retired. And lest we forget, Joey Bart was the number two pick overall in the 2018 draft out of Georgia Tech. And the thought process was we have the heir apparent to Buster Posey. They used the number two pick in the whole draft to get the catcher, who I don't think anyone had any problems with this pick when it was made. And he was he was anointed as the one who's that Posey was going to take under his wing, just as Benji Molina took Buster Posey under his proverbial wing. And so far, it's not worked out. If you like batting average, well, his batting is 156. His on base, 296. His slugging is 300. He has 14 hits in 108 plate appearances and only 15 walks to go with that. He has been a black hole in the lineup for the Giants, and they made a move today. They've optioned Joey Bart back to AAA, which I believe it's AAA Sacramento. I always want to say AAA Phoenix because it was Phoenix for so long. And they traded away a pitcher named Michael Plasmeyer, who I think played young Magneto in the X-Men first class. I could be wrong. I may have to look that up. And Austin Wins has been brought over. Um, from the Philadelphia Phillies, which probably means more catching for Kurt Casale as Austin wins. is not exactly the second coming of Johnny Bench. He has not played in the major leagues this year. But uh, Austin wins is a, a 31-year-old reserve catcher who's there to give him some depth. Casale has the car keys. But what do you make of this move, especially when we've gotten past that first third of the season where you're like, okay, let's take stock of what we had. They felt like they needed to make a move at catcher, and that Bart was not the answer. They definitely did because, I mean, all the numbers you mentioned, what jumped out even the most to me was the 45% strikeout rate. He was just 
he was swinging and missing through pitches in the strike zone left and right and just striking out left and right. And so they absolutely had to make a move. And Casale had started playing more anyway. Uh, Bart is a guy who can be optioned this year. He can be optioned again in future years. And they need help with the position. I'm not sure that Austin wins is exactly going to be the solution, but they needed Bart to go down and, and work on his swing because it just was not working out at the major league level. And this is a continuation. He also struggled in 2020 when Posey opted out and Bart played in the majors. Yeah. I mean, look, at as I, as I said before, the, the acquisition of win from Philadelphia it wins. I'm sorry. Um, although hopefully um, he can live up to his last name, but the, that acquisition is there because you need to have major league catchers. You need to have someone with some major league experience on the, on the roster. And, you know, I, I keep thinking my, uh, two years ago, I did a podcast series about the movie Bull Durham. We broke it down a minute at a time. And I kept thinking about Crash Davis trying to get back to the major leagues to be a backup catcher. And so when I see someone like uh, uh, Austin wins, I think about, you know, Crash in the pool hall, talking about a grounder with eyes. So good for him for getting back to the show. Maybe he can get some at-bats. But Kirk Casale has the car keys now. Um, I, it's too early to declare Joey Bart a bust uh, because he's still, you know, he's still, you know, he's going to be 26 this year. Is you know, he's not as, as much of a spring chicken as you'd like him to be. But that being said, some catches bloom a little bit later. But I think the notion that they drafted Posey's heir apparent and the, the baton would be passed. Uh, I think that fantasy uh, might be just that, a fantasy. Yeah, and it just goes to show that you never know really with prospects. And, I mean, you can be the number two pick in the draft and struggle, like I said, to a 45% strikeout rate many years after you were drafted and considered one of the best prospects in the game. At, at some point, he was a consensus top 15 prospect in major league baseball and it just has not been easy for him to his credit he he really improved his walk rate this year um a lot and and so he's been much more disciplined and he did a good job defensively but the swing and miss and the strikeout were just you just can't have that he was an automatic swing and miss strikeout basically every time i mean every other time all season long pretty much it's crazy you know i think about when you have a beloved future hall of famer and then you try to use the draft to 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 have their heir apparent. It, it has worked sometimes. Sometimes there has been a passing of the baton. Um, the name that pops up uh, for those for people who uh, who think they can predict this that they can all line up. The name that that I remember is Ty Griffin. Uh, now Ty Griffin was a first round pick out of Tampa. Uh, by I'm sorry, out of, out of uh, he's from Tampa, uh, from from Georgia Tech, like Joey Bart. He was a big prospect out of Georgia Tech. He was drafted in the first round, and he was considered. And he was a big star Olympic teams, and the Cubs drafted him. And I reckon he was so sought after that there were some people who actually thought it was disrespectful that they drafted him because the Cubs already had Ryan Sandberg, Hall of Famer, beloved figure on the team. And the thought process seemed to be, hey, 
when you get a chance to draft a superstar like Ty Griffin, then eventually Sandberg is going to move to first and Ty Griffin will be there. And imagine having a future superstar and playing under the tutelage of Ryan Sandberg. I mean, it was just a no brainer. I mean, he was, it was going to be, uh, it was going to be an unbelievable, it was going to be a match made in heaven. And they, he actually, and he, and he, you know, they put him almost immediately in double A. I mean, he played a little bit in single A, almost immediately in double A to kind of fast track him. And, uh, he struggled, eventually got sent back down. He never made it to AAA. Forget the major leagues. He never made it to AAA. I've tied him in every major league category, statistically. <laughs> My baseball encyclopedia entry is as big as Ty Griffin's. Now, again, I'm not saying I'm a better player than Ty Griffin, but if there was any prospect who looked like, oh, this guy, is a, he's a slick fielder. He hits for power. It's just going to go Ryan Sandberg to Ty Griffin. It doesn't – it's hard to make that prediction in baseball. And and I remember that there was that connection. They were both Georgia Tech guys and both were going to be the heir apparent to the, the you know, Hall of Famer. And it doesn't always work out. It doesn't always work out that way. And you know what? I mean, look at – it could eventually – there are late bloomers – they're all there. I mean, look at Mike Yastrzemski is a late bloomer. You know, there are players who sometimes need a couple extra years to, to, you know, to take off, but, you know, tip your hat to Kurt Casale, who again is, is not going to make anyone forget about Mike Piazza, but he has been in the league for, you know, he's been in the league since 2014. And this is going to be his first real shot to be the full-time catcher for the majority of a season. And so let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, it's it's going backwards. There's just no doubt that they were going to go backwards for coming from where they were coming from. And it's kind of an adjustment period because as Giants fans, we've gotten used to just having a very good hitter as the catcher. And it's mm -hmm. just not that common. In fact, it's extremely rare. And so there was hope that Bart could be that guy. I think that that was kind of the idea was that he's a good offensive catcher and the defense maybe is possibly what needed work. But here's the other thing too, is he wasn't drafted by this front office because there was a change in the front office, major change after the 2018 season. So the year Bart was drafted after that year, they overhauled the front office. And I don't think because there was some swing and miss issue. There's a plate discipline issue. This front office is much more focused on plate discipline, strikeout to walk ratio. And Bart is a free swinger and I'm not sure they would have drafted him. And so there, that's part of the equation too. Obviously he's got a lot of talent and he did very, very well at Georgia tech and pretty much everyone who predicted the draft thought that he was the second guy behind Casey Mize, who also has struggled in his major league career. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's just very, very hard to predict what these guys are going to do in professional baseball. And it's it's such a hard sport and such a talented guy. And yet he's he struggled as much as he has. Some of the players and I mean, it's too early to really judge this draft. Um, this is the draft that had Jerry Kalenic in the number six hole with the bets. A couple of people who have already made a little bit of an impact, Dick Madrigal. Um, Jonathan India, 
uh, was part of this draft. Who was all? Th these are all drafted after Mize and Bart. A uh, Logan Gilbert pitcher for Seattle, who's had a little bit of success. Uh, Brady Singer, um, you know, and uh, uh, Nico Horner. Um, Shane McClanahan is probably the best player so far in terms of their production in the major leagues. But it's you know it's too early. It's too early. Some of these players, including Bart. Um, could do well. I wonder, and I always say this, I think sometimes a player like this, a change might do, you know, to paraphrase Elton John, change could do him good. I wonder if he's traded out of the Giants organization where he's not the heir apparent to Buster Posey, but just a young catcher with some talent who may need, uh, need a fresh start. I wonder if a team, especially a rebuilding team, could use a player like Bart. And I wonder if he could, you see sometimes that happen where a player relaxes and says, okay, that, like we're, we're, we're going to play well here. And, um, you know, the, the, the current interim manager of the angels, Phil Nevin was the number one pick overall who had a lot of pressure on him to produce. And he kind of, he relaxed a little bit and actually made the all-star team when he played for San Diego, he didn't become the superstar, but he became a major leaguer. You know, we saw an all-star game and sometimes a prospect could may need that sort of changes, change of scenery. I think that's a wonderful point. And, and I don't think it's too far fetched because like I said, they didn't draft him. They inherited him. He's not necessarily the type of offensive profile that they tend to target. And they're in a position where they're probably going to want to be adding to this team. And he's still a guy because of what you're saying. And I agree it's too early to just completely shut the door on Joey Bart. There's still development left. There's still, especially a team that can afford to be really patient with him. There's the possibility of sending him off in a trade. And someone who comes up to me, I don't know if it's if it's too much of an overpay for the Giants or if it's something the other team would even want. But I think of Wilson Contreras, who's probably going to be dealt. And he's probably going to be one of the top players dealt this trading deadline and i think that that there's kind of a natural fit both ways i don't see why the cubs just don't just try to bring back wilson Contreras, but uh, if they don't if they've tried to sign him and they haven't been able i i don't know again i i judging whether or not that straight up would be a fair trade is not really what i want to do but i don't think it's crazy to think that they could deal him for some more immediate help and someone who's closer to free agency because with Bart you're getting long-term club control he only has now with his service time from this year about a year of service time so you're getting five years of club control over a guy who was very recently considered by many a top 10 prospect in baseball and so I don't think the Giants want to sell low that's the only issue there but maybe if he goes and tears it up in triple a there's a team who's like you know what let's just take a shot and get this guy who could be a very good offensive catcher. And he did, he did well defensively as well. So at the very least, you're getting a competent defender. And I don't know what you're going to get in a trade for Joey Bart. You may get a, you may get a decent young player. He may be part of a package or they could send him off to another team and ask back in exchange, some built bars. Now built bars are the best tasting protein bars out there. Hey, do you love, a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? They're so good. And what if I told you you can have that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness 
plus 17 grams of protein. You'd say, stop it. I'd say, no, Built Bars. You're in luck. Caramel brownies are available at Built.com right now. You got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. The macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built Bar's caramel brownie in a heartbeat. The best part, the bars are covered with 100% real chocolate. And with Built, you don't have to sacrifice taste for healthy. You can have both. And all of Built Bar's bars, say that three times fast, are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons you should try Built Bars, but for now, let's just say that Caramel Brownie will rock your world. And that's not an understatement. With Built.com, Tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of Caramel Brownies right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Hey, uh, Ben Kaspik, you're of the Locked On San Francisco Giants show. Uh, I want to bring up a fan of the show. Uh, a, the, um, the handle is, or the name of the Twitter handle is Apollo Doors, but the, the handle is at Napalm underscore Lagoon. Nothing about that makes any sense to me whatsoever. But I'm bringing this reader up for a – I do not know the gender of Apollo Doors or Napalm underscore Lagoon. But one thing that I have been quite consistent about over the last couple of years is the fact that whenever there's a managerial candidate, I will bring up Hansley Mullins. I will bring up Roberto Kelly. I'll bring up Ron Wotus. I will bring up one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. Because I think that if you are on the coaching staff of a team that won three World Series in five years and were coaching on the staff of one of the best managers in baseball, someone who's going to go to the Hall of Fame, uh, I would hire one of his lieutenants. You see, that's sometimes a very key way. The way that Jim Leland was Tony LaRusso's lieutenant. The way that Joe Madden was Mike Sosha's lieutenant. The way that Mike Sosha was Tommy Lasorda's lieutenant. The way that Tommy Lasorda was Walter Ross's lieutenant. A lieutenant, and so on, and so on, and so on. And so, um, and actually, yeah, another uh, Dave Martinez was Joe Madden's lieutenant. So I've been saying one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. One of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. Now, why did I just say one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants three times just now? Because the tweet that he sent me was, or he or he, that they sent me. I'm sorry, I'm not going to assume a gender here. Hey, Sully, that's me. We've created a new drinking time. Every time you say one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants, we take a shot. Keep them coming. So guess what, Apollo Doors or Napalm Lagoon? I want you trashed by the end of this show. I want you too drunk to pick up a built bar. I want you so drunk you go to bet online and you make some bad bets. So there you go. I just said Bruce Bochy's lieutenants one more time. Hey, Ben Kaspik, about Bruce Bochy's lieutenants, do you think that one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants is going to be a really good manager? Or do you think one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants is just going to stay one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants and never lose the title of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants? How drunk are you now, buddy? <laughs> Very drunk, I would imagine. But <laughs> I mean, as time goes by, probably not, right? The, the more time that goes by, I would, I would think it becomes less and less likely. Even Bruce Bochy himself has kind of hinted that he could potentially want to get back in the 
managerial game and him retiring from the Giants. I mean, he retired, but yes. there was kind of a wink, wink. It probably had to do with the change in the front office because he didn't want to be a burden because you can't fire him and you wouldn't, but you, you inherited him. You didn't pick him. And he the being the, the humble read the room kind of guy he was, he understood that maybe the new guy deserved not maybe, but definitely to pick his own manager and Gabe Kapler in a lot of ways, couldn't be more different. And so they did want to pick their own manager. Instead of one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants? Instead of one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. And a lot of people thought that maybe they would go with Ron Wotus, who did interview for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, but that he and, he, and, and Ron Wotus is one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. He is one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. He yes. retired, though. I mean, he retired. Yes. He he was third base coach That's for true. the last couple years for the Giants. And he retired. So he's part of the front office now. He's a special assistant of one but, kind, but, but still uh, H- one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants always. But another one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants is Hensley Mullins, who was in the Mets organization. Now he's in the Yankees organization. Um, and he is, I think he's a prime managerial candidate. And another one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants is Roberto Kelly, who is currently managing in the Mexican League. I just look at, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, press any sensitive buttons right now. It just drives me crazy when I see people who are getting managerial offers. And, you know, some of the ones that I, you know, I was against the signing of Snitker when he was the manager of the the Braves, but it turned out to be a fine move. But a lot of other times you see people with very little or sometimes with no coaching experience taking over a team. And then next thing you know, you like, you know, the – you say, oh, boy, maybe we should get someone with a little more experience. And I just think when you have someone out there like one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants, um, you could make a – you can give someone they, – they deserve a shot. And by they, I mean one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. I, I wish I had a, a, a ding every time I say it. <laughs> I can't please everybody. One thing I can do is get them drunk. And so hopefully uh, – Hopefully we we did that uh, effectively here, and uh, and I hope that uh, Apollo Doors, aka Napalm Lagoon, uh, I hope you hired a designated driver as you're listening to today's podcast. <laughs> and I will admit that while I did want to talk to you about Bruce Bochy's lieutenants uh, on today's show, um, I mainly did it as a response to that tweet because that tweet did crack me up. Talking. Giants with Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants and getting my listeners drunk in the process. This has been Locked On MLB for the 8th day of June, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I am not one of Bruce Bochy's lieutenants, and you can call me Sully.